At University of Virginia Health System, we're for bringing advanced care closer to home. So we're bringing health knowledge directly to you with UVA Health System Radio. Here's Melanie Cole. While many epilepsy patients can be effectively treated with medication or surgery, those treatments aren't always an option for all patients. My guest is Dr. Nathan Fountain. He's a board-certified neurologist and neurophysiologist who serves as director of UVA Health System's F.E. Dreyfus Comprehensive Epilepsy Program. Welcome to the show, Dr. Fountain. Tell us what is epilepsy and how does it affect patients? Uh, Thank you. Well, epilepsy is a common condition that we should talk about very specifically because it often has a stigma associated with it or some preconceived notions. So talking about what it is is definitely the place to start. And epilepsy is really any condition that causes seizures. Seizures are an electrical storm of the brain. And the kind of seizure that most people think about is what used to be called a grand mal seizure. We now call a generalized tonic-clonic seizure. And in this case, the electrical storm of the brain grabs the whole brain at once Patients typically stiffen, fall to the ground, and jerk all over. It's very dramatic to see. Fortunately for the patients having it, they're usually unconscious, so they don't experience anything necessarily unpleasant during the seizure, but it's very dramatic. And because it's so dramatic, people are often scared by that, maybe appropriately so, because it's something that can be uh, sort of scary or intimidating to see. But in fact, the electrical storm that affects the brain most often doesn't affect the whole brain, but instead just affects one small part. And the kind of seizure that comes out or is manifest depends on which part of the brain is affected. So, for example, if just the small part of the brain that controls the left hand is what has the electrical storm, then the seizure in that case will just cause left hand jerking. And people will otherwise be perfectly aware of what's going on or perfectly conscious. Hey, look, my hand's jerking. That's what my seizure is. If the, instead the seizure or electrical storm affects just the vision part of the brain, for instance, and they could just see spots or dots or have other kinds of things in their vision. The most common spot, though, that seizures occur is in the temporal lobe, and the temporal lobe controls consciousness and awareness and memory. So in this case, this kind of seizure, typically called a complex partial seizure, has patients just stop and stare. They're kind of zoned out or staring off into space for just a few moments, and they don't do anything else, and they return to normal. And that's actually the most common kind of seizure. The seizure itself can affect individuals in many very specific ways, but only just for a few moments because the characteristic of it is that people who are otherwise perfectly fine have a seizure that starts all of a sudden, goes on for a minute or two, and then the seizure stops and people return to normal. A bigger problem for epilepsy is everything that happens in between seizures because people might be so scared by the seizures that they're afraid of the person, which is, of course, entirely inappropriate. Epilepsy is not a psychiatric disease and most people who have epilepsy are otherwise perfectly fine than having seizures. So it affects patients both by having seizures, but also in other ways in between. Dr. Fountain, I understand that with the different types will come different types of treatment, but what do you generally do as a standard treatment option, and how do you decide which work for what patients? Certainly the place to start is with medication. <clears throat> there are a number of medications. In the past about 15 years, there have been uh, about 15 new medications approved, and that means we have almost 20 medications to choose from. Which medication we choose depends on which kind of seizure occurs, but also other characteristics that people might have, the things that might need to be treated in addition to the seizures or particular side effects of the medications you might avoid. So some 
seizure medications, for instance, cause weight loss. So if you're overweight, you might actually like that medication. But if you're particularly skinny, then that's not going to work for you. Some medications will treat migraine headaches in addition to seizures. So if you have migraine headaches, then that particular medication might be a great option. Older medicines, if we go back 15 or 20 years, tended to cause things like sleepiness and drowsiness. They could affect the liver and the blood work. And so older medications acquired a lot of blood work and tended to be a little bit more fickle. So we try to avoid those and choose newer medications. About, fortunately, about half of patients with epilepsy will respond to the first medication we try. So in other words, someone comes in with new onset seizures. They've just had one or two seizures that seems to be a result of epilepsy. And we start a medication and they don't have any more seizures as long as they're taking the medication. So that works for about half of people. There's about another quarter of people that we have to try a number of different medications. And after trying a number of medications, then they're well controlled. So their seizures are well controlled on their medications. But for about 25 or 30 percent of people, despite our best efforts, they continue to have seizures. So now tell us about the new treatment option UVA is offering for epilepsy treatment. There are a number of new treatments. Of course, besides the standard medication, the new medications, then there are research medications. We always have ongoing trials. But sort of a new breakthrough or a new way to approach epilepsy is through devices. There's been a device that's been around for quite a while that doesn't actually stimulate the brain, but instead stimulates a different part of the body. It stimulates the nerve in the neck. And that's a standard therapy that's been around a while. The new treatment that's available at UVA and other places Uh, that have been involved in this research project is sort of a Star Wars-like device in which electrode wires that can monitor the seizure are placed onto the brain where the seizures come from. And a small computer chip is implanted in the skull, and it monitors the brainwave activity. And when it detects a seizure coming from the area the seizures arise, then it provides a little zap, a little electrical stimulation to that part of the brain to stop the seizure. It also can provide it at other times, and by stimulating the place where the seizures arise in the brain, it can prevent them from occurring. And the reason this is so novel is because it's responsive neurostimulation. So in response to a seizure occurring, this little electrical stimulation can prevent it. And the reason that's such a nice thing for people with epilepsy is because, as I mentioned before, the medications often cause problems with drowsiness or sleepiness or other things like that. And this new device doesn't have any of those problems. Of course, it does require surgery to have it implanted, and the device is new, so we're not really sure how long it'll last, but it seems as though the battery life for most people will probably be uh, at least a year, and hopefully in the future it'll be rechargeable. Dr. Fountain, which patients might benefit from this? It's really most appropriate for patients who aren't controlled with medications because the great advantage to medications is if someone's having seizures, you start them on a medication, the seizures go away, it's great. If the seizures come back, they don't tolerate the medication, you can stop the medication. And then they're off the medication, have no after effects from it. But for devices, once they're implanted, the intention is to keep it there, even if it's not beneficial, because the risk of removing it is probably greater than the risk of leaving it there. And that means that you really have to have a strong inclination to implant it to begin with. So the people who are most appropriate are people with epilepsy who haven't responded to medication. So what that means, as I mentioned before, it's appropriate for about 25 to 30% of people with epilepsy. Now, why should patients with epilepsy choose UVA for their care? Well, we're certainly a leader in epilepsy care. The comprehensive epilepsy program at UVA was one of the first three comprehensive
comprehensive epilepsy centers in the world. It was started by a grant from NIH, the National Institutes of Health, to design comprehensive care for epilepsy. And really, we've been a leader since then. The faculty's internationally renowned. We have many accolades. We do a lot of research. But for most people, what I think they appreciate is individual care. Our comprehensive care is aimed at each, treating each individual depending on the specific problems that they're having. We have nurse case managers or case coordinators in our clinic who are able to coordinate all the care. We tend to serve as a medical home for people with epilepsy, so we don't provide primary care. If somebody has a cold or an infection, a common medical problem, we would send them to their primary care doctor. But because often epilepsy determines many other aspects of their life, then the care coordinator can help decide what needs to be done for that. So I would say that we're certainly the largest epilepsy center in a mini-state radius. But beyond that, it's the individual care that we provide for people that I think separates us from other epilepsy programs. That's very exciting. Thank you so much, Dr. Nathan Fountain. You're listening to UVA Health System Radio. For more information, you can go to uvahealth.com. That's uvahealth.com. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.